Hey everyone, it's Pastor Eddie from River of Life. Just want to say thank you for joining us on our podcast. Now let's get ready to hear a word from the Lord today. What does God want to speak to our hearts today? So come on, open your Bibles, open your hearts, and let's get into the Word. That was good, man. That was good, just worshiping the Lord like that. Thank you, Jesus. Sense the presence of the Lord in here like that, just making uh, time for Him. And that's good. Just priming the pump a little. I know it's Wednesday night, but you, whenever there's an altar call, listen, let me just encourage you as your pastor. If you are ever have a need or something and you are in a church service, whether it's a Sunday or Wednesday, and we open the altars, go. I've seen miracles take place in a slow, quiet, winter Wednesday night. I've seen God show up and do something. If you've been praying and going to the altars and asking God for something and you haven't seen it happen yet, keep going. Every time there's an altar call, I'm going to have the Tito family share on a Sunday their story. Little Rebecca, you guys all know, she uh, was diagnosed with stage 4 cancer. Well, she's now cancer-free. Amen. Yeah. But if you hear, you got to hear the story because there were, God intervened miraculously throughout their journey from the very beginning and I don't want to give it away, but I'm going to have her. But this is the thing I kept telling her every week. I said, only the first couple weeks I told her. Every time there's an altar call at church, and we prayed every day, daily with them. But every time you have an opportunity, run to the altar. And, and they started doing it. Every Sunday, Rebecca would come up and get prayer. You just got to keep going after God. You got to keep going after God. Whether you feel it or not, no matter what the sermon is on, right? If you're needing a healing and I'm preaching about the family... And if there's an altar, come up and get prayer. Come up and get prayer anyway. Uh, just God has never told anybody in the Bible, okay, calm down, you're getting too radical. He's never told anybody in the Bible, don't seek me so much. It's always been the opposite. Seek, you will find me, Jeremiah 29, 11. We all know that one, 12 and 13 says, you will find me if you seek me with your whole heart. The eyes of the Lord go throughout the earth looking who he can show himself uh, strong and faithful on behalf of those whose heart is seeking and loyal toward him. Over and over and over and over again. Always go after God and he, uh, he just shows up. He just answers us. Many times it's according to our hunger. And many times it's according to our persistence. He's got a time. It's God's a God of timing also. And... Uh, he is a God of timing, so so many times we pray, just like the, the Pentecost weekend we're talking about. It was ten days that they waited for the Holy Spirit. Why didn't the Holy Spirit fall on day nine, day eight, seven? Seven days up there. Isn't that long enough, God? No. He had to wait to day ten. Why? Because that was the day that everybody from all the other nations of the world were going to be there at that time. They didn't know that. They were in the upper room. You never know, and I'm just... I'm just going right now off my heart. You never know what God is setting up. You never know what God is aligning right now. You're praying so hard and you're seeking God. Uh, you don't know what he's aligning, what he's doing on the other side of the mountain, what he's doing around the corner. It looks like nothing. Peter probably prayed in that same corner in that upper room in Israel. I've been to the upper room there. It's about this size of a room. Isn't it, Dad? It's about this size of a room. And there's 120 crammed in there for 10 days. And I... I know they were running out of what to say and, and everything else. Wondering when is this promise that Jesus has been promising for three years. 
and Job prophesied about. But God was waiting for everybody to show up and be downtown Jerusalem just at the right time for the Holy Spirit to come and to fill them with power. And then they spilled out into the streets praying in the Holy Spirit. They all knew what language they were speaking. Then Peter stands up. I mean, all that happened. And it had to wait till day 10. Hallelujah. You see that? So whether you're in day 6, maybe some of you are in day 9 and a half. This is how God works. And if I know anything, I know about this timing thing. Because we're in this building right now. And this is a timing thing that God's done to our church. To done to our ministry, this building. I don't know everything, but I do know about the seasons and time timings of God. The Kairos moment in Acts. The man that was laid lame at the gate called Beautiful. Forty years old. Someone might need to hear this because I'm just going to go with it. Forty years old, he was laid at the gate every day, the Bible says, waiting for his miracle. Many scholars believe he was there when Jesus was there, but Jesus didn't heal him. Why? It wasn't his time. We know Jesus went to the gate. We know he went to the temple many times. He saw that man healed or sick. I'm sure he did. But no, Jesus didn't even know. They didn't even know. But Jesus' mind said, oh, I see him, but he's going to get healed. I'm going to use Peter and John to do it. And it's going to spark a revival that sparked a revival in the town. You see a man that's been crippled for 40 years all of a sudden stand up and run and go leaping into the church. Yeah, that's going to start a revival. That that all happened at the right time. So if somebody's here tonight and you're praying about something and believing for something to happen and it hasn't happened yet. Believe and know that God has a time for everything. And it's in his timing. Right, Leroy? That's sermon number one. Was that pretty good? Is that okay? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, I got 15, 20 minutes. Did you bring your Bibles? Uh, I do want to make mention of an offering. We do want to get back to Wednesday night offerings, uh, midweek service. So if you are able to give in the offering, there are four ways to give. There's also a way to give the old-fashioned way with an envelope in front of you and the chairs. Fill it out. On the way out today, uh, we have an usher back there. John will be an usher tonight. He's a little bit of everything. He will collect the offering. Thank you again so much for your faithfulness in the tithes and offering. Uh, We are going through the book of James. So Wednesday night, this is Bible study. We go uh, deeper in our Bibles here on Wednesday night. We take advantage of this... uh, forum. We, I like to go verse by verse many times and just break it down. So we've been doing it with the book of James. We're in, still in James chapter 1, week 3, and we're in James chapter 1. <laughs> so go with me over to James chapter 1. Uh, we are recording this for our podcast, so I better behave. Verse 21 through 25 is what we're going to try to look at tonight with the time that we do have. Um, hallelujah. I do want to make mention again, encourage you, if you're in town this weekend, be here at the church. Be here Friday night at 7, Saturday night at 6, and then Sunday's Pentecost Sunday. Um, we're really going to see and believe and, and position ourselves for what God has. River Kids is, is here. Uh, it's going to be provided as well. So come on out for that. And uh, God's going to meet with us. Hallelujah. So, James, I'm in Philippians, 
James 1, chapter, chapter 1, verse 21. We'll pick up from here. Therefore, uh, he said, James says, lay aside. Okay, we're studying the word, chapter 1. He just talked about trials and the testings that we go through in life have a purpose. Now he's in verse 21, and he's talking about being a doer of the word and not a hearer only. So he says in verse 21, Therefore, laying aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness, receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls. That's so good. But be doers of the word and not hearers only, deceiving yourselves. For if anyone is a hearer of the word and not a doer, he's like a man who observes his natural face in a mirror, for he observes himself, he goes away and immediately forgets what kind of man he was. But he who looks into the perfect law of liberty, and he continues in it, and is not forgetful, not a forgetful hearer, but a doer of the work, this one will be blessed in what he does. Thank you, Lord, for your word. So verse 21, he starts off, this one little verse says, Lay aside all filthiness uh, and deceit and receive the word of God. So he begins talking about, he's getting to be teaching us to be a doer and not a hearer only, but he sets it up with this verse 21. It's like a prerequisite to how to uh, read the Bible. How I many of you just don't start reading the Bible? Um, here he tells us there's actually a protocol to reading the Bible. And he says, throw aside the, you know, your, your heart that has things in it that shouldn't be in it. Why? Because the Word of God, here it is, is, is meant to take root to our heart. When you and I read the Bible, the Bible was designed by God and God breathed into it. The Bible tells us it's a spiritual book. It's meant to, when you read those verses, to, to hook to your heart. It's meant to take root in our heart. And it's not going to do that if we have our heart filled with all kinds of other stuff. It, it, it has no place to take root. We know this is true because the Apostle Peter says the same thing in his uh, first letter. Peter chapter 2. These verses will be on the screen. The rest of them we'll look at. But let's go a little deeper. Peter says the same thing. He says, therefore, laying aside all malice and deceit and hypocrisy, envy and all evil speaking. Watch this. As newborn babes desire the pure milk of the word so that you may grow. Again, he's saying the same thing that James is. Before you start reading the Word of God, it, it's important that we just take a minute and we just, just say, you know, God, just I want to settle my heart right now. Not just from sins and, and, and jealousies and, and evil things, but also from worries and anxiousness, you know, and just want to get my scripture in so I can go on with my day. You're not, it's not going to take root. This time of year, I don't know how many here, maybe you're, you're doing some seeding and planting, uh, gardening, gardening, gardening. I can't even say it, so you know I'm not doing it. Gardening. And so what you got to do before you do it, you got to get a rototiller. You got to rent a rototiller or have one. You got to, what, you got to rip the ground up, right, AJ? You got to rip that first layer up. And then if you really want a good crop, a good garden, or whatever it is that you're planting, you got to get the weed, you got to get the rocks out, you got to get all the, the weeding out before you put the seeding in. It's the same thing of the Word of God that James and Peter is telling us. If you want the Word of God to be planted deep into our hearts, we've got to do some weeding. 
before God can do some seeding. That's what he's saying. That's why he says, throw aside. If you've got an issue going on in your family or, or a friend and you're fighting with your husband or your wife and you're at odds and you open the word of God, speak to my heart, Lord. You're going to hear crickets. I'm just going to tell you that right now. You know, Peter, again, wrote another place that he says to men. He says, men, dwell with your wives with understanding so that your prayers will not be hindered. All the women should say amen. He did. Peter said that. Peter ought to because he had a temper. I know he had some problems. They show an episode of that in the show Chosen. I don't know how many are watching Chosen. How many have seen or watching Chosen? Chosen fans. The great mini-series of Jesus. It's, it's highly, you know, it's not the book, but it's the same. The parts of the Bible is really good, but they did have, took a little liberty there. One of them is Peter fighting with his, with his wife. And if you know Peter from the Bible, that's not hard to believe. But Peter is the one that writes, and he says that. In the scripture, the Holy Spirit had him write for us to dwell in the house with our wives with understanding. For they are the weaker vessel, meaning they are not able to carry some of the things that we do emotionally. We don't need to be putting more on. I mean, he has this two or three verses there where he talks about it. And at the end, he says it will actually hinder our prayers. Same way with whether you're a male or female. If our heart is not set right to receive the word of God, it won't take root. That's what I'm saying. That's what James is saying. Now, he's getting ready to plant some deep seed here with being a doer. And he started off by saying, we got to make sure our heart's ready. That ground is rototilled. That ground is ready to receive of the seed that God is wanting to implant. Lay aside and pick up. That's what I wrote down. I wrote it in my Bible. Uh, lay down. This is the Christian life. The more you lay down and pick up. Lay down bad, pick up good. Lay down bad, pick up good. The more you do that, it equals growth. How do you grow in your faith? Lay down and pick up. Lay down the flesh, lay down attitudes, lay down a sin, lay down a weight, pick up the word, pick up prayer, pick up Christian friends, pick up a new, uh, learn to live godly, as the scripture says, learn to do things differently. You, you, you lay down bad habits, you pick up good habits. The more we do that, the more we will grow. So, he starts off by that one verse, and then now he gets into the meat of his seeds. In verse 22 through 24, he starts talking about be a doer, not a hearer only. Don't be just a hearer, a person that hears the word of God, but be a person who practices what we hear or read. And then he gives some consequences. And the first one is, he says, deceiving ourselves. Deceiving ourselves. He actually says we can deceive ourselves if we just hear the word or read the word, but we don't do it. We deceive ourselves. We know that this was a big problem uh, of the Pharisees. This is what they did. They knew the word. They knew the Bible. But they didn't practice the Bible. They picked and choose. They went through the Bible like a buffet, like we do at, at, at Golden Corral. I don't want that. I want that. Give me double of this, right? That's what the Pharisees did. Give me this. Give me judgmental, righteousness, this and that. But that compassion to the stranger? Mm-mm. All the scriptures that God had in the Old, because he had provisions in the Old Testament for those that were not of a Jewish descent and wanted to roll with them and wanted to be with them. Actually, if you study your Bible, when they came out of Egypt, there were some Egyptians that went with them. And God said, let them in. They also need to follow the customs. They need to get circumcised. They need to do, but let them in. 
And if you arrived in the first century in the Jewish in Jerusalem, that was not being taught at all. If you were not 100% pure Jew, you were not a part of the synagogues or nothing. So why? They did this very thing. They, but they knew the word, but they did not become doer and they, de- a doer and they deceived themselves. So when Jesus, Jesus showed up, they did not even recognize who he was. They were like, whoa, because Jesus was actually doing the word of God. And they didn't do it. So deceiving ourselves. This is what we do when we know what we ought to do, but we don't do it anyway. We know we should be, uh, it's like that diet, right? You want to lose weight. You know you shouldn't be eating that. We know we need to exercise. We know we shouldn't, you know, we just because we know it, but how many know just because you know it, you got to do it. You know it. You got to do it. You got to do it. We, we know what we should be doing. In order to be in shape, right? Whatever. The other night we finished eating. My wife and I, we went for a bike ride. The weather is nice. And so we started doing that. And went for a little bike ride. Came home. Felt good. Yeah. Went for a bike ride. Very good. Healthy. Yeah. Check. We're so good. Sat in the house. Getting ready for the night. And I heard this little voice coming from I'm an ice cream man. I'm... Ice cream and then pie. Come on, somebody. You got me all day long. But that ice cream was calling me. Hey. It was vanilla dipped in chocolate. It was just, it was just delicious, you know. And I went in there, opened that freezer. Melinda heard me open that freezer. What are you doing? <laughs> opened that freezer and I looked. I said, man. I closed it. And I walked and I sat down. And I was grumpy all night until I went to sleep. We know we need to do it. We know what we need to do, but it's not the same as actually doing it. And James is making a point when it comes to the Word of God, when it comes to living for God, when it comes to forgiving, not gossiping, not holding grudges, when it goes, when it comes about praying, um, whatever it is the Lord is showing us in the Word of God, we may read it, even highlight it, share it on Facebook, but until we do it, we can just be deceiving ourselves because it's not the same thing. Then he dips down into some deeper illustration. He kind of unpacks this. And he says, if we are a uh, hearer only but not a doer, we deceive ourselves. And then the next thing he talks about, it's like a man who looks into a mirror and walks away. This is if we don't do what God showed us. He says, immediately forgets. And I've never seen this before. Studying this again fresh. I've preached out of James. I've studied James and Bible studies on it, but I've never seen this before till recently. And the Lord showed me this. It says that we will immediately forget, watch this, what kind of person that he is. He will forget what kind of person that he is. That's his identity. We will forget our identity. You ever see somebody that, that claims to be a Christian but is really not living for a Christian? What happens is, you can tell because they're not in the Word. Same with you and I. We will begin to act like our old self. We will no longer live the, to be the kind of person that God wants us to be if we're not into the Word. In the Word. You can listen to a podcast. You can listen to a guy on TV. That's really, really good. But unless we're reading the Word ourselves and applying the Word to ourselves, we are just going to be... Uh, become deceiving ourselves and we start losing our identity. We start losing the being the kind of person that we're called to be. We begin to act just like the world and tear people down and gossip and have a poor attitude. You can tell it's because we haven't been in the Word. 
Because when you and I read the Bible, when you read Philippians, when you read Colossians, when you read Galatians, when you just read it, just a couple verses a day, it aligns your attitude every time you read it. Every time you read the Bible. Same with me. I've been reading for 26 years. When I first got saved and I would read the Bible like crazy, they would say, Eddie, why do you read your Bible so much? And I would say, because it keeps me out of trouble. Especially on the weekends at 25 years old, I was in my word very, very hard. Why? I was telling them, because it keeps me into trouble. Now, if you ask me, why do I read my Bible so much? I would tell you, because it keeps me out of trouble. Secondly, so I can know God more. Because I am on a life mission to know God. I want to know God. Paul said, this one thing I want to do is know Him. I want to know God in the fellowship of His suffering and the power of His resurrection. I want to know God. I want to know God. Don't you want to know God? You look at, see the spring color, beautiful things that are happening out here in Belleville. I'm telling you, I'm not used to this, but we are in the country. I'm still not used to it, Mary Van. We have a mama duck out front of the family entrance that just made a nest. <laughs> what kind of announcement do I have to make at church? Beware of the mama duck in front of the family. We had two peacocks here a couple of months ago and goose running everywhere. Deers running through the back of here. Crazy. I mean, yeah, it's, it's really, really, really nice. But when you look at nature as Christians, don't you look at nature with a little bit more appreciation than people that don't know God? Because that's our Heavenly Father that made it. And, and, and so I love, man, the colors that are coming up, the, the pretty spring, vibrant colors that God just in his mind said, I want this to be spring. And then summer has a whole nother slew of colors, doesn't it? And then fall, right? Tyler loves fall. We love fall, right? We got God invented, and it's his idea. Well, I want to go a step further. I want to get to know God. I want to know God. Hallelujah. Know God. So we will forget what kind of person that we are when we're not in the Word of God. James says if we don't practice, if we don't do, if we just hear only and don't do it, we will forget who we are. So having a pattern a, to practice our faith helps us to become more like Christ. Not just being a person that hears the word, but practicing our faith helps us to become more like Christ. Growing, adding to our faith. Again, back to Peter. I use Peter a lot in this before we go to Joshua real quick. But Peter says the same thing. Again, Peter says what James is saying. He says, if we don't add to our faith these seven things... In 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 9, he says, He who lacks these things is short-sighted even to blindness, and he has forgotten that he was cleansed from his own sins. In other words, he says, if we don't add to our faith, he's talking about growing, if we don't continue to grow in our faith, this person will forget that he has been forgiven. He, he forgets what kind of person he is. If we don't practice our faith, guys, we will forget what he saved us from. And it will, it will, it will, it will impact the way we worship because we won't worship. It impact. We won't be in our word. We will start forgetting the kind of person we were created to be. That's what he's saying. If we just look at a man, it's like looking in a mirror at yourself and then walking away and forgetting exactly what kind of person you were. James says that's exactly what happens to us if we don't practice the word of God. If we don't become a doer, we were what kind of person He has made us. 
Then he continues in verse 25, and here's the good news. Then he begins to bring it up with good news. But he who looks into the word of God and continues in it. Underline that word continues. I love what Jesus said. He said, if you know the truth, the truth will set you free. We all know that scripture. Do you know what he says before that? He says, if you are my disciples, you will follow me indeed. And those that follow me indeed will know the truth and the truth will set them free. He says, those who follow me, those that continue in the faith and follow me, not just hear my teaching and hear about God and, you know, visit church every now and then. No, those that become lifelong committed disciples of Christ and begin to follow him will then know the truth and the truth will set you free. Saying the same thing here. If you continue, James says in verse 25, if we continue in the word of God, if we continue to follow him, we will see breakthrough in our life. Jesus said, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those that abide in me, those that remain in me, in me will bear fruit. Those that remain in me. It's not once in the vine, always in the vine. You've got to remain in Christ. You've got to remain steadfast. Why? By believing. Keep believing. 1 Corinthians chapter 15. You are saved by this gospel that Jesus died for your sins and rose on the third day. If you continue in the faith, otherwise you've believed in vain. Colossians 1, and 23. You've been washed from all of your sin. You are blameless, above reproach in his sight. If you continue in the faith, otherwise you've believed in vain. I could go through every single New Testament book, everyone, even Philemon. And find a scripture that exhorts us and instructs us to continue in the faith. Peter comes along and says, for us not to be entangled again in the old world and overcome. For it is worse than him. And he he gives a whole warning. Again, Peter knows because Peter did it. And then Jude comes along and says, fight for the faith. Contend for the faith. Fight your flesh. Fight whatever you got to do. And stay steadfast holding on to the Lord. Here again, James says, this is how you want to get blessed. You want to see the blessing of the Lord? Continue in the faith. Continue in the faith. Kind of what I was saying earlier, just felt led by the Spirit to talk about continuing. Didn't even put that together to this. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Somebody needs to hear that. You want to see that? Results. You want to see the blessing of the Lord continue following him. I stood right here Saturday and married Carissa in our church to Steve. And I'll just say it again. She waited a long time. <laughs> and she was single for a long time. And I just, it was so beautiful to wed them too. Because I know her story. Waited and waited and waited and waited and waited. And all she says is it's worth the wait. It's worth the wait. As happy as she could be. They're on their honeymoon, enjoying life. She changed her name to Miss Buchanan. Like, I think before the night was over, I had a like on some Facebook, and it was by Carissa Buchanan. I said, who is this? I was like, oh, it's Carissa. She wastes no time. <laughs> Go, girl. That's what I'm talking about. But she, hang, she hung in there, believing and praying, prayed for, went to all kinds of stuff. I mean, waiting on God. Hallelujah. Okay, so let's finish up with this uh, about being blessed if we continue in the Lord. Then I begin to think about Joshua as I was reading this. Only when we act on it and continue in the word will we, we be blessed. This is why God told 
Joshua in Joshua 1, 7 and 8. You guys probably know this. If not, it's a great scripture to memorize. Joshua, this is where he is taken over for Moses. He's going into the promised land. Uh, and he tells them this word of instruction. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it both day and night that you may observe to do according to all that is written. For then, everybody say then. For then you will have, you will make your way prosperous and then you will have good success. So he says to him, first of all, take courage. Because it does take courage to be a doer and not a hearer. Amen? It don't take much courage to hear the word being preached. It don't take any courage to read your Bible, really. Does it? But it takes a lot of courage to do it. It does. It's a totally different thing. It's one thing to live for God in the church and be a Christian and stuff, right? Than it is out there. It takes courage. So God tells Joshua the first thing, take courage. He tells him this three or four times in this text. Take courage. Have courage. Why? Because you're entered into Canaan, the promised land. Nobody serves Jehovah God there. There wasn't one believer in the Canaan land, in the promised land. Not one. Joshua, you're taking all these people in. You're not going to find one church to go to. Not one first assembly anywhere in the bunch. You're not going to find one. So when you're all by yourself and you're trying to live for God, you better have courage. You got to take courage. You may be the only person in your family living for God. This scripture is for you. Take courage. Be a doer. Do it. You can lead your family. You can be a light to your family. It's going to take courage. Then he promised them good success. He says, you want to have success? You got to do it my way. If you live according to my word, you will have good success. This is it for all of us. You want to have success in your life? Do life God's way. We know this, right? This is, this is, you want to, you want to have God uh, bless your finances? Do it, your finances, handle your finances the way God says to handle your finances. You want God to bless your relationship? Uh, then handle your relationship the way God said to handle your relationship. Whatever we obey God in, that is what he will bless. Period. Want to have success at work? Want to have success here? He says, to do it my way and you'll be blessed. All right, fast forward here. The, the, let me start closing it with the application there. I love in verse 8, never saw this before. Again, I was rereading this. I love, he said, let my word in your mouth be in your heart and be in your hand. You need to write that down. The word of God that we've been talking about all night to be a doer, not just a hearer, in order to really apply that. What does that mean? What does that mean, Pastor Eddie, to be a doer? Well, there's a lot of it that's a simple instruction. Forgive one another. That is simple. But another way to, ap- to have application to being a doer is what he says to Joshua. Let my word be in your mouth. Everybody say mouth. That means speak the word of God. Pray the word of God. How about this? This is a huge one. We love to read our devotions and stuff. Talk about your, the word that you read. I guarantee it it will start a fire in your heart. If you will find a friend, find a family member, somebody, a a friend, a brother or sister at church, talk about what God showed you in your word. We get with family all the time. And every time we, here's my dad and my brother. Every time we're together, we just preach at each other for about the first 25 minutes. 
We've done that for my whole life. I grew up like that. My family that came down from West Virginia, my dad's uh, brothers, my uncles, everybody would come up from West Virginia. First thing they would do is get a bunch of White Castles, because they don't have it down in West Virginia. Everybody would get the White Castles and load up, man. I'm talking, you know, 12, 15, 20 people in the house. I grew up like this. And they all would get in from West Virginia, they eat, they talk, and they talk about God. This is what God is showing them. This is what the Lord has showed him in the Word. And I'm just seven, eight, nine years old listening to them talk about Jesus and what God did. And all of a sudden, my Uncle Billy would break out a guitar and they'd start singing. Next thing you know, the house would be so We'd have church. That, I grew up with that. And you know, now I know how a valuable treasure that was and the heritage that is. But even to this day, there are family members that we get with and even friends. I, I, I always ask some of our guys, hey, what's God you know, showing you in the Word? Because I want you to talk about it. And when you talk about it, watch. You'll see a fire will begin to sense. My wife does this. She'll come reading her word and it's something the Lord has showed me. Honey, look at this. And she'll sit, next thing we'll sit there and we'll talk 10, 15 minutes about what God has. She just did this the other day where the Lord show, uh, showed her. It just does something when you share what God. Some things are private, okay? Some things are. But most of it's not meant for you to just have it in your heart only. It's to be shared. And it actually will benefit you and me. It will benefit you when you share the word. You guys are quiet tonight. In your mouth. Then he says, in your, then he says meditate. This is in your heart. I like to read a scripture. I've done this for, forever. Is read a scripture in the morning. Especially even when I got up at 3.30 in the morning and went to work. I would read a scripture. I'd have it in a cassette tape. But I'd get a scripture and I would... Just think about it the whole time. The whole time. I still do it today. Right now I'm memorizing Psalm 100. I'm trying to memorize the entire chapter. It's not real long. Make a joyful shout, all ye lands. I'm not going to do it. It's the whole thing. I'm trying to memorize this. So throughout the day, I pray in the morning, I pray in the afternoon, and then I pray at night. I've been trying to recite that. Even if it's just hitting my knees, I always hit my knees when I pray uh, those times, and I will, will recite that. Meditate. Do you know how much it will realign your thoughts? Half of our problem with anxiety and big issues can be solved with this simple little truth that King David wrote about from Psalms 1 all the way to the end of Psalm. This little Selah, Selah, meditate on this. He said in Psalm 119, I am more knowledgeable than the ancients and those that are older than me because I meditate on your precepts. I am more, uh, have more wisdom than the ancients because I meditate in your law, in your word. Meditating in the word of God. This is how we apply it. This is how we are a doer. We talk about the Bible. We meditate at the word of God. And then God told Joshua, and do it and practice it. Live it out. This is what we do. Right? Last thing, if you're taking notes, and all Christians with the largest mansions in heaven take notes. This is the the main nugget of the entire little text that we read in James. We will never see the power of God in our lives without application. That's what James is saying. All of that, what I just, all of what I said can be summed up by that once. We will never see the power of God in our lives without application. He will come back to this theme uh, in chapters um, 4 when he talks about what faith really is. All right. I had a really cool story about an eagle and stuff. I'll, I'll wait till next time to share that.
and all this other stuff. Okay, we will never see the power of God without application. That's why the enemy attacks, tries to keep us from getting in our word and living it out because he keeps us powerless without seeing the word of God. So, hallelujah. Amen. Did you get something out of that tonight? Thank you, Jesus. Let's all just stand tonight. we got a, a few more minutes. We'll close out with prayer. Hallelujah. So when you read your word, many of you, you probably already do it, but if, if not, let me encourage you to take a minute, calm your heart, calm your mind, and just say, Lord, I just want to cleanse my heart right now. Uh, I want to cleanse my mind uh, from that argument at work or something I heard on the news or something. God, I just want to get my heart clear so I can get the deep word planted in my heart. Uh, that's why I like reading in the morning. Um, I do most of my reading in the morning. When I used to get up and make deliveries, it was when I got home in the afternoon. But in the mornings, it's so good, right? Our minds are, are empty. It's kind of empty. Late at night, it, it, I struggle. I don't know about you, especially having crazy days of running and stuff. Uh, but even then, you can stop and calm yourself and say, Lord, just I want my heart to be pure. In fact, let's just close our eyes right now. Let's just sit uh, sit here in just, just a moment in silence just for, for a few seconds here. This may seem a little awkward or something for you, but this is exactly what we're called to do, what we're to do. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for the word tonight. We receive it. You want us to be doers and not hearers only. We know what the word says, many of us do. And we do some of it. Help us, Lord, to do all of it. That you tell us so we can see all of your blessing in our life all of the power of God in our life that we are actually hindering because of this right here. I thank you, God, for everybody that came out tonight, got prayer tonight, received this word tonight. Let it go deep in our hearts. Help us to meditate on it. Father, those that are able to come out this weekend to be with you, God, as we are anticipating the greatest holiday of the church, the birth of the church this weekend in Pentecost Sunday. I pray you prepare our hearts. God, I've been praying this, Lord, that we would all be prepared every day as we get closer to this weekend so we'd be able to receive what you have for us. I pray all of this, Lord, tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, amen and amen. I pray that message was a blessing to you, that you receive some sort of encouragement or word of instruction from the Lord. That's our prayer at River of Life, that every time you tune in, that God speaks directly to your heart. Well, this is Pastor Eddie again. Just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast and remind you that every Tuesday, a new message is uploaded. Also, if you want to watch one of our services, head over to our YouTube channel. It's River of Life Church, a church of his presence his promises and all people and you can watch one of our services that way as well so god bless you i pray god's presence be with you uh, for the rest of the week amen